I do thank God for the for the lighthouse. All right, if you want to go ahead and take your Bibles tonight, you have them. Turn to the book of Matthew, chapter six. Matthew, chapter six. For the last several weeks, we've been going uh, through a series on the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus preached. These messages, they are. I did not come up with these messages. I stole them. I stole them from Jesus. He preached a sermon called the Sermon on the Mount, and many of the things that are just a part of the Christian faith and a part of what we do, they come from the things that Jesus preached in this sermon. And he said at the end of the sermon. He said, if you'll hear these things and do them, you'll be like a wise man that built his house on a rock. And when the rains came and the floods came, the winds blew and be in that house, it stood because it was founded on a rock. And we want our lives to be like that. There's going to be difficult times that come. They come in everybody's life, saved and unsaved, good and bad. And we want to make sure that we know how we can stand through those difficult times. And Jesus told us how in this message, and one thing that he talks about, we're going to be talking about specifically tonight, one thing that's key to being able to stand in this difficult day that we live in, and that is to know how to pray. Prayer is very, very important. Prayer is I mean, one of the wonderful blessings about our, in Christianity to be able to talk to God and to know that He hears us. And know that He pays attention. He might not give us every little thing that we ask for. He might not always answer things according to our will. But one thing He does do is He listens. And many times He does answer them like we want Him to. As long as it's according to His will and if He'll be glorified in it. And I tell you, I'm as thankful for the prayers that Jesus doesn't answer as I am for the ones He does answer. Because there have been many times I've prayed for things and if He would have answered that prayer... Uh, I'd have been in trouble. But thankfully, he knew better. And uh, he he did not uh, give me what I asked for. And I thank God for that very much. But we're going to be reading a passage of Scripture. This is a very, very familiar passage of Scripture. One that uh, I'm sure you've probably heard it before. But we'll start reading it in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. It says, After this manner, therefore, pray ye, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For Thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you your trespasses. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we come to You today. Lord, just wanted to learn something from Your Word, dear God. And I pray You'll help all of us, Lord, to get something from this, Lord. We need prayer so much in our lives. Lord, I think most of the time the problem is not that we don't know how to pray. It's just that we don't do it enough. And I pray that we will, everyone in here will take advantage of this privilege we have of being able to talk to You and come to You with anything. And I thank You for that. And I pray You'll just speak to our hearts tonight. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, in the previous passage that we looked at last week, Jesus talked about how not to pray. He talked about people who they make these big fancy public prayers because they're wanting to impress people with how spiritual they are. There's nothing wrong with public prayer. Uh, there was a man named Daniel in the Bible who prayed in public, but it wasn't to put on a show. It was 
as a testimony is because he loved God. And all, but also, he talked about using vain repetitions. He talked about how we don't want to just, you know, it's not about how long you pray. All right, it's about it's really about how you pray. And some people in this passage, for example, while this is a great prayer and while it's a model prayer, it's not necessarily something that Jesus wanted us to just vainly repeat all the time. Notice in the very beginning of that passage, he said, "After this manner, therefore pray." In other words, he's telling he's telling his disciples and he's telling all these people that he's preaching to. Said, "Here's an example of how to pray." He wasn't giving them a word-for-word detail, but he's kind of giving an example. He said, "I want you to follow this, and I want you to note, I want you to notice some of these things about prayer." And uh, on the bottom of your sheets, if you have them, and if you're filling them out, there's some, you'll notice there's uh, on the very bottom. You see the pray there. We kind of have an acronym that can help you remember how to pray. But we see here in this first verse, in uh, verse nine. It says, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That word hallowed there, it means to make holy. Let me tell you, God is a holy God. That's why we don't believe in blaspheming his name. That's why we, that's why we uh, are against you know, saying, Oh my, and putting God's name there, or saying God and then putting a curse word after that. God is a holy God, and he should be reverenced, he should be honored, he should be praised. And there on the bottom under P, one thing we see that the word I want you to put there is the word praise. I believe Jesus, when He's kind of giving the example of prayer here, He's telling He's telling everybody the first thing you ought to do when you go to God in prayer is just take some time to praise Him. Take the time to praise Him. You know, you can see praising God is it's we're commanded to do that throughout the Bible. I think about Psalms 150. Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in the affirmative of His power. Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise Him with the psaltery and harp. Praise Him with the timbrel and dance. Praise Him with the stringed instruments and organs. And it goes on. Praise Him upon the loud cymbals. Praise Him upon the high sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. I think God wants us to praise Him. And let me tell you, he's worthy to be praised. There's people today who they want praise and they want they want the recognition of men, and that's and we look at that as being prideful and arrogant because we shouldn't be trying to get that. And the reason for that is we don't deserve it. God's the one who deserves all praise. Any abilities that we have, it's because of God. Any accomplishments we've made, it's because of God, and we ought to praise Him. And so, number one on your on your papers, there you need to recognize who you are praying to. Our Father. Our Father. He's the one that spoke this world into existence. The Bible says in Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Everything that's on this planet, everything that you can see, every everything that we have, it belongs to God. It was created by Him. People think, well, I worked for it. I got this on my own. Let me tell you, it was God that gave you the abilities that you have. It's God that gives you the very air that you breathe. It's God that gives you life. It's that gave you life itself. The Bible says when God created man, God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. That life that you have, it comes from God, and He's the one that we are praying to. And I think it's okay to just take a few minutes. 
in our prayers in the beginning and just go ahead and praise God. You know, you can't praise Him too much. He's worthy to be praised. In the book of Revelation, we uh, it's a prophetic book and it talks about in the future and someday when we're all in heaven, we're all going to be praising Him. And one of the things that we're going to be saying over and over again is, Thou art worthy. He is worthy of all praise. And you cannot praise God too much. You ought to recognize who you're praying to. And you know what? Just maybe talk about who He is. It says, Hallowed be Thy name. You know, He's telling God your name is holy. You know, God already knows that. But it's okay for us to tell Him about it. It's okay to let Him know to talk about who He is. Talk about His holiness, His righteousness. Talk about His might and His power. Make sure Let Him know that you understand who He is, that you recognize what He's done. You know, I think everybody likes to be in some way recognized for what they've done. Be recognized for their accomplishments. Oh, ladies, if you make a nice meal, you know you don't mind if your husband says, "Hey, that was really good." There's been a few times, you know, there maybe you make something new that you've never made before, and you're kind of looking for that acceptance. Maybe my wife's the only one that's ever done that. You know, my wife, I'll tell you, she's a great cook. And uh, but you know, there's been times my wife's made things, and uh, usually it's best. If it doesn't turn out too good, do not tell her that day. Maybe wait a week or two. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, you know that meal you made a while back? Maybe don't make that one anymore. But you know what? If they do, you know, somebody does something good, tell them about it. Let them know. And let me tell you, our God is good. Our God is mighty. And we ought to tell Him about it every once in a while. He doesn't mind hearing it. He wants to hear it. So number two, talk about who He is. Then number three, Submit yourself to His will. Says our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Submit your will to His will. Now this is very important when you're going to pray. Most people, uh, when they quit praying, it's because they have not submitted their will to His will. For example, somebody uh, I've talked to people before. I talked. Uh, I used to go to detention home on a weekly basis and I talked to these kids in there. And I, there were some of them, they would be like, you know what, I tried praying. I prayed that God would get me out of here and He didn't get me out of here. And so, I just don't believe in prayer. I don't believe it works. And I tried to tell them, say, listen, maybe God didn't want you out of here yet. Maybe He knew that uh, you know people like us were going to be coming here and, and preaching the Gospel and He wanted you to get saved. You know what? And I told him, I said, I'm, I'm here to tell you, God loves you so much. He doesn't like it when you're in jail. He doesn't want to see you suffer. But if it would help bring you to Him, if it would help you get saved, He'd do that because He loves you that much. But a lot of times it's like, no, that's not what I wanted. That's not what I asked for. And because they didn't get what they wanted, they've decided that prayer does not work. And that's not the way we should be. There's going to be things that we pray for that is not the will of God and it's not even good for us. And we need to be willing to say, Lord, not my will, but Thine be done. Do you know even Jesus said that when He prayed? Jesus Himself. He prayed not right before the soldiers came to take Him away to be crucified. He was in that garden and He was praying and He was in, he was in great agony. The Bible said that He sweat, as it were, great drops of blood and he prayed and he said, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. I don't believe that that was because Jesus was scared of the cross. 
But Jesus was about to not only pay for the sins of the world, but the Bible says that He who knew no sin became sin for us. Jesus Christ was holy and He was about to take on all the sins of mankind. And to a holy God, that was very difficult for Him to bear. And Jesus said, if it be possible, let this cup pass from Me. Nevertheless, not My will, but Thine be done. Even Jesus prayed that, Lord, this is what I want. But Lord, more than that, I want what You want for my life. There is nothing wrong with you saying, Lord, please give me this job. Or Lord, please maybe give me this possession. But you know what? You ought to add in there, Lord, not my will, but Thine be done. Say, Lord, Lord, this is what I want. This is why I want more. Lord, I want this job bad, but dear God, I want Your will for my life more than anything. You know, you younger people. One of these days, you're gonna, uh, you maybe notice somebody. Maybe you know, you guys will notice another girl, or girls will notice another guy, and say, "Boy, I'd, I'd love to have her for my wife." Lord, I'd love it if you'd work that out. But boy, you ought to go ahead and pray about it. Go ahead and even ask God. But you ought to add in on there, Lord, not my will. But thine be done, because I'm here to tell you the best one for you to spend the rest of your life with is the one that's in the will of God. You'll be happier. Things, your marriage will be better, and and just say, Lord, this is what I want. He doesn't mind hearing it. He doesn't mind hearing you ask. But just throw a little disclaimer on there and say, Lord, if this isn't your will, I don't want it. Forget I've even asked. And I know that's a hard thing to pray, but that's something that Je- that's what Jesus said to do. Thy will be done. So submit your will to His will. Also, number four, make prayer and praise a daily thing. Notice what I said, give us this day our daily bread. Prayer, unfortunately, for many people, it's something that they do when they're going through tough times. Or it's something they do when uh, you know they're having a bad week or whenever. Maybe it's just when they want something. Have you ever known somebody, maybe a family member or even a friend you're not real close to, but the only time you ever see them or hear from them is when they want something? Those usually aren't the best relationships, are they? You know, and our our talking to God, our prayer life should be a daily thing. It ought to be something that we do all the time. It ought to be something that we can't get by without. You know, you and I I think would all agree that uh we probably don't go too many days without eating. If we go to, if we, you know, myself, if I go too long without eating, I start getting a little crabby. Uh, I start, you know, I just, I get a little, I get grumpy. I get short with people. You know why? Because I've just got this, just constant pain and empty feeling that I just don't like. I like to eat every day. My kids like to eat every day. I tell them all the time. They'll come say, "Dad, we're hungry." So like, you guys ate yesterday. You should be fine. No, they they got to eat every day. In fact, most of them, they want to eat more than once a day. And you know what? Our prayer life ought to be like that. You know, we ought, we ought to want to go to God in prayer on a regular basis. It ought to be a daily thing. We, we ought to be dependent on God. So the first thing that you see there on the bottom on P is praise. And then the second one for R is repent. Repent. Notice how it says, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. You know what? One thing that is a problem for us is even though we're saved and on our way to, if you're saved and you're on your way to heaven, you're still a sinner. 
None of us have totally arrived yet. We still mess up. We still fall short. Our righteousness, it still is a filthy rag in the eyes of God. And we need to regularly repent of our sins. Not so we can get saved or not so we can stay saved, but so we can stay close to God. We need to repent of our sins. We need to recognize when we transgress against God, when we do things wrong. We need to come to Him and say, Lord, Lord, I failed You in so many areas. Lord, I've done wrong again. Lord, help me get victory over this sin. Ain't got to repent of it. But most people today, they want to justify their sins. They want to find out how it's okay. And they want to just continue on with it. They never get convicted about it. Never feel bad about it. But let me tell you, we need to continually repent of our sins. We need to go to God when we've done wrong, when we've messed up, and we need to tell Him about it. It's like, I don't want to tell God about it. You know, I don't want Him to find out. Well, He already knows. He knows when we sin. He knows when we fall short. And He wants us to recognize it. You may remember back in the story in Genesis when Adam and Eve, they committed that first sin. And God comes along. And He starts asking questions like, where art thou? Where are you? God knew where they were. When... uh God went not long after that when Cain killed his brother Abel. He came and he asked Cain, where's your brother Abel? Cain lied and said, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? You've probably heard that statement before. He lied to God. Do you think God didn't know where Abel was? No, God knew where Abel was. But God was trying to give Cain an opportunity to confess what he had done. You maybe You've done that with your kids before. They did something that they weren't supposed to do and you knew they did it. Maybe somebody, maybe they made a mess. Maybe something was spilled, and you go and you ask them, "Hey, who was it that did that?" You know, you know what happened there. What are you trying to do? You're trying to give them a chance to admit it and say, "I did it. It was me." And you know what? If they would admit it, if they'd come clean, you know, you usually go a little easier on them. They might, there might be some punishment that is needed. But you know what? We need to regularly repent of the things. That we do. So number five is repent of your sins. Go ahead and name them. Say, "Well, I'm ashamed of them. I don't want to say it." You know what? God knows what they are, and thank God that He's commanded us and He's told us to that we can go to Him about it. I'm glad that I'm glad that I don't have to go to a priest on a weekly, uh, make it a weekly event and confess my sins to Him to another man. I'm glad God didn't tell us to do that. I'm glad you all don't have to come to me and tell me all your sins. I don't know if I want to be burdened with that. You know, my my attitude is, you know, I'd just rather not know. And you know, if somebody needs help and they're struggling, you know, I'll talk to them and I want to be there for them. But thank God, when it comes to confessing our sins and getting forgiveness, we go to God with it. There are some things, boy. If you came to me about it, I don't know if I'd want to forgive you. I'm not always as forgiving as God is, but He always does forgive. Thank God for that. I'm glad that we can confess our sins to Him. And you know the great thing about confessing your sins to God? He's not going to go around telling everybody about it. <laughs> Thank God for that. People might do that. So, repent of your sins. Number six, ask to be forgiven as you have forgiven others. Now, this is this one could be scary. It says, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Now this can be good, this can be really bad. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lord, I want You to forgive me the same way I've forgiven other people. Now sometimes that might work, but you know what? There's been times in my life where that that's probably not going to go so well. 
Maybe, uh, maybe that week or maybe that day, somebody did you wrong on the job, and you just let them have it. Boy, I tell you, you don't want to go to God that night praying, "Lord, forgive me, as I've forgiven others." Because if you haven't been forgiven other people, well, then God's not God's going to treat you the same way. Verse 14 says, For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. God is going to forgive you like you forgive other people. That's scary. And it could be very encouraging. This is a great example of we could preach a whole message on just being forgiving to other people. You think, well, you don't know what that person did to me. Well, you know what? We're not perfect ourselves. We've all sinned against God. He had to die on a cross for our sins. And you don't know what you may end up doing in the future. And listen, I don't plan on hurting people. I don't plan on doing bad and getting myself in trouble. But you know what? There's going to come a day where I'm going to, I'm going to do... There's, they come all the time where I do wrong, where I fall short, where I do things I shouldn't, where maybe I'm unfair in my life. And you know what? When that happens, I want God to forgive me. But he says in here, he's going to forgive me like I forgive other people. So right now, while you're, maybe things are going okay in your life and you're doing pretty good, boy, most people, if, they're, if they've got their life together and if they're doing good, then they just use that as an opportunity to just be harsh to everybody else. Let me tell you, if you've got things going for you in your life, you still should be as forgiving as you can be because your day is going to come where you're going to slip up, where you're going to fall short. And you're going to want God's forgiveness. So ask to be forgiven as you've forgiven others. Number seven, make sure your heart is right with God. Make sure your heart's right with God. You know what? A lot of times people, they get bitter at God. They get angry at God. Things haven't gone the way they want them to. And they get mad at God. It's funny how God's the first one that people blame all the time for things. I talked to a guy one time here in town. And he... I tried to give him a track and an invitation to church and he refused it. And he didn't want to listen and he started using some pretty foul language. And he started saying there was no God. And I told him, I said, man, I said, I don't want to argue with you, but I'm but I've got to let you know you're terribly wrong in that area. And he went on again to just to curse the name of God and use some very foul language. And and then he started to say, it's like if there was a God, there wouldn't be all these wars and sickness and all these bad things happening. And you know what he, you know what, you know what he was doing? He was blaming God for all the bad stuff that's happened. And you know, the truth is, there is a lot of bad stuff going on, and we've all contributed to it in some way. We all have. So I haven't killed anybody yet, but we've all, we've all contributed to it in some way. We've all sinned against other people and it kind of has a, a chain reaction. We sin against somebody, then they sin against somebody and it just gets worse and worse. We've all contributed to it. And it's funny how people, they always want to blame God. You know, we've all sinned, but thank God He made a way for us to still go to heaven. He made a way for us to be saved. He gave us a book that's told us how we can avoid a lot of those problems that are out there. And nobody wants to give God credit for that. They just want to blame Him for everything. But we want to make sure our heart's right with God. And also, number eight, make sure your heart is right with others. Make sure your heart is right with others. That's where the forgiveness comes in. You're going to have to forgive people. I'm here to tell you, if you come to this church very long, and I hope you do, I hope you keep coming, but I'm here to tell you that unfortunately, 
There's going to come a day where you're going to need to forgive me for some things. Where you're going to need to forgive other people in this church because we're all just sinful flesh. And we're all going to mess up and you're going to have to be forgiving. And the Bible says that if we don't forgive other people, God's not going to forgive us. The Bible says that if we hate our brother and if we have problems with our other brothers and our sisters in Christ, that God's not going to hear our prayers. He's not going to listen. And if you want to have a good prayer life, it's absolutely necessary that you are right with other people. The Bible says that if you can't even love your brother who you've seen, how are you going to love a God that you have not seen? There are many people out there today that will say, well, I love God, but I don't love others. Well, according to the Bible, you're a liar. That's what it says in 1 John. It says if you say you love God and you hate your brother... Bible said, so you're a liar. It was like, that's harsh. Well, those aren't my words, that's God's words. You cannot love God and not love other people. It's impossible. You can say it all you want, but the Bible also says that when you do that, you're deceiving yourself. You're tricking yourself. You're not tricking God. You're not tricking anybody else. You're deceiving yourself, and we need to make sure that we stay right with other people. And if you're going to do that, you're going to have to be very forgiving because people are going to fail you. They are going to fall short. Number nine, uh, or number number three on on the A down there at the bottom. So we get to the third thing when it comes to prayer. First, we want to praise God, talk about Him for a while. Then we need to repent, get those things off our chest, let God know that we acknowledge what we've done, and then finally, then we start to ask. Then you ask. You know, praying, basically what praying is, it's asking. That's what it is. Prayer, that's what pray, what it means to pray. You've heard maybe the statement, I pray ye, or I pray that you... You know what you're saying is I'm asking you. When we pray, we are asking God. And so then on number 9, express your needs to God. Go ahead, boy, and... After you do those things, then start asking away. Say, Lord, I've got, I've got a financial need. Lord, I, I need, I need you to provide so I can, maybe I can pay this bill. Or Lord, I've got this need. Uh, Lord, Lord, please help me out in this area. Go ahead and ask. Say, Lord, maybe, maybe you need things spiritually. Lord, I need, I need friendship. Lord, I need encouragement. Lord, whatever it is that you need, go ahead and ask Him. Ask and ask and ask. Nothing wrong with that. One of, Jesus said, "Ye have not." Because ye ask not. Many of the things that God has not provided for us is because we haven't even asked Him. You haven't prayed about it. You know, it's said how many times you'll see people that have great needs in their life. And sometimes they'll even come to you and it's like they're wanting help. It's like, well, have you even prayed about it? And they haven't even prayed about it. You know what? It's, boy, that ought to be the first thing you do is ask God. Say, Lord, I need you in this area. Lord, maybe you are suffering from a sickness. You've got a physical problem. Ask God to help you. Ask God to heal you. Ask God to bring you uh, to help you find the right doctors or the right medicine. Ask God. Ask God to help you do it. Ask God for help. I mean, express your needs to God. Ask Him. Just don't be afraid to do that. Don't be ashamed to ask. The Bible wants us to be as little children. You know, my my kids, they're not too ashamed to ask for things. We'll be in a store sometime. They'll see a toy. Hey, Dad, can I have that toy? Dad, can I have candy? Dad, can I have this? Dad, can I have that? They're not afraid to ask for too many things. 
My kids are constantly asking. And you know what? I don't get them every little thing that they ask for because if I did, uh, their teeth would all be falling out. If I got them candy every time they asked for it, I would be flat busted broke if I bought them every toy they asked for. But you know what? Uh, there are things if I think that they need it, if I think it's okay for them, if I have the ability, I like to, I love getting my children the things that they want. I love doing that. I enjoy Christmas. I enjoy birthdays. Tommy just had a birthday here not too long ago. Jason's got a birthday coming up. I enjoy getting them things they want. I get pleasure in seeing them get pleasure. And God's the same way with us. He loves to give. He loves giving us the things that we need. Jesus talked one time and he said, "How many of you fathers, if your children ask him ask for bread, will give him a stone?" Or if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a serpent, I think he said. He said, if ye then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more your heavenly Father. He loves giving us the things that bring us pleasure. But him being a good father, if those things are going to hurt us, he's not going to do that. We've seen that before with people who just give their kids everything they want. How sometimes it ruins them. And God's the same way. He knows that if He was to give us every little thing we want, that it would ruin us. But you know what? If it's something that won't hurt us, God has no problem in answering those prayers and giving us the things that we ask for. In fact, He gets great pleasure in it. So express your needs to God. And then number 10, ask for spiritual help. If you're struggling spiritually, ask God for help. Say, Lord... Lord, maybe pray and say, God, I'm struggling in this area. Lord, it would be great if the pastor... Lord, give, give my pastor a message in this area. I've seen God do that before. Where, and maybe in my old church with my dad, he would give him a message and it was something that I needed at that time. That maybe it was an area I was confused about or struggling with. There's been times when I've preached and people have come up to me and said, man, I've, I've been struggling in this area and I've been praying that God would help me. And you know what? God can do that. He can speak to my heart and He can uh, you know, direct me in a certain area because He knows what you need. I might not know, but God does know. Ask for spiritual help. Ask for material help. Number 11, go ahead and ask. Let God know what those things are. The Bible says that God knows what we need before we do. He knows what we need before we even ask. But He still wants to hear us ask. He wants us to do that. He's paying attention. He knows what's going on. But still, go ahead and ask for the help in material things. Also, Number 12, ask for the help of others, other people's needs. You know what? You pray for, pray for yourself. Talk to God about yourself. Talk about the things you need. But you know what? I think it's good every once in a while. I think every day. We ought to pray for somebody else. You know, we, ought to, we ought to pay attention to other people's needs. And say, Lord, so and so struggling in this area. Lord, boy, could you please help him? You know one of the reasons I believe most people don't pray for other people's needs? Maybe other people's material needs? It's because most of the time, I've noticed, when I pray for somebody else's needs, God seems to say, you know what? Okay, I'll answer that prayer. Maybe they need help in a certain area. Maybe they need some financial help. You know what God seems like He always tells me? I want you to be the answer to prayer. <laughs> and we're afraid God's going to do that. Well, it's like, we don't want, we don't want to be the one to help. We don't want to sacrifice. 
But you know what? Sometimes God wants us to be the answer to somebody else's prayer. You see a need? Ask, talk, talk to God about it. Pray for it. And a lot of times God will lead you and God will direct you and God will, uh, will help you be a help to somebody else. And it's okay because then He's going to turn around and bless you for being obedient. And it's good to do that. Pray for other people's needs. Uh, we've been talking a lot in this church about missionaries and things. On my wall, I've got all kinds of prayer cards for different missionaries and people who are uh, in other countries and trying to do different works for God. And I put those on there because I want to pray for those people. People who come into this church. Uh, I, I like to get their names and addresses. I have them on my computer so I can go through and I can remember their names and so I can pray, I can pray for them. And I can pray for God to take care of their needs. I don't know all the details in everybody's life. I don't know everything that people need, but I want God to meet those needs. And I pray. I pray for you. I pray for the people that come to this church. And I pray for the people in this community. Boy, we ought to do that. We ought to pray. We ought to pray for our soldiers, people who are fighting for our freedom. We ought to pray for our politicians and our president. Say, well, I don't like them. Well, that's all the more reason to pray for them. Pray that God will help them to be good leaders. Pray that God will help them to make the right decisions. We ought to, we ought to pray for them. Well, you ought, to, you ought to pray for other people. You ought to pray for the other people in your church. You ought to pray, uh, you know, for your pastor. Pray for. I mean, I I need your prayers. I do. I need it. Did you know when you're praying for somebody, it's really hard to think bad about them. It just is. When you're praying for other people, it's just really hard to dislike them. It's hard to want bad things to happen to them. It's hard to be bitter towards them. That's why I think God tells us to pray for other people. So do that. Pray for the needs of other people. Um, Number 13, be honest with God. Remember, God already knows what you're thinking. He knows he knows what's going on in your heart. He knows what you did. Be honest. Okay? Trying to lie to God, it's just not going to work. You might remember the story about Jonah in the Bible. He decided that he didn't want to do what God wanted him to do, and he decided he was going to flee from the presence of the Lord. And he decided, boy, he he took off down to Joppa. It says he went, and then he went. He got on this boat, and he he went down to the bottom of that ship, and he was going to get as far away from Nineveh as he could. God wanted him to go to Nineveh. But Jonah found out real quick he can't flee from God. That storm started coming and he knew that that storm was there because of him. And he said, you know what? Just throw me overboard. Jonah thought, if I die, I can escape from God that way. That didn't work. The Bible says that God sent a great fish and it came and it swallowed Jonah. And then finally, while Jonah's in the belly of that whale, he realized, I'm not going to get away from God. And in the whale's belly, the Bible says, he prayed to God. And that whale went and it vomited Jonah up, it says, on the shores of Nineveh. No, Jonah found out you can't get away from God. You can't run from God. You can't lie to God. So you know what? You might as well just go ahead and be honest with God. Just be honest with Him. He know God knows your needs before you do. God knows what you're thinking. God knows what you've done. And then just be willing to accept God's answers with an attitude of faith. Just be willing to accept the answer. You know what? It's, it's annoying as a father sometimes when your child comes up to you and maybe they're being all sweet. It's like, Dad, will you buy me candy? And they look all sweet and they're looking at you with great hope in their eyes and you say, 
no, not today. And then they throw a fit. And then maybe you were thinking about it, maybe you thought about surprising them, and then they just throw that fit and you're like, forget about it now. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And we're the same way with God sometimes. We'll go and pray, but then when God says no, and God's going to tell you no sometimes, we just throw a fit. Don't do that. Be content with God's answers. Just accept them. Have that attitude of faith and say, you know what? I don't understand why God didn't answer this prayer, but you know what? God knows what's best, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna accept His will. And that leads us to the final one on the bottom there on why, and that's yield. When we pray after we go done asking, we need to we need to yield. And one thing I think that means is you need to give God a chance to talk to you. Sometimes you just maybe just kind of you get by yourself. We talked about last week how the Bible talks about praying in a closet. In other words, just getting somewhere private and let give God a chance to speak to your heart. Have you ever known somebody that when you're around them, all they do is talk and talk and talk, and they don't let you get a word in edgewise? Okay, that's not always the best relationship. Sometimes you want to get a chance to talk too, and God will He'll listen to you for as long as you want to talk, but you ought to give Him some time to speak to you. Give Him time to speak to your heart. You know, And if you do, He might convict you of different sins in your life. He might point out things you need to change in your life. And you need to give God a chance to talk to you. You need uh, So that was number 14. Give God a chance to talk to you. Yield your will to His will. That's where you once again you say, Lord, I've come to You. I've asked You for all these things. And Lord, I want them in the worst way. But Lord, I'm willing to accept Your will for my life over my own will. God, Your will, it takes priority over anything that I desire. Lord, I want Your will for my life. You yield your will to God's will. You be willing to accept His answer. I've heard it said this way, God answers every prayer. Sometimes God's answer is yes. I'll give you what you're asking for. Sometimes God's answer is no. You say, well, that's not an answer to prayer. Yeah, it's an answer. might not be the one we wanted, but it's an answer. And sometimes God's answer is wait. I don't know about you, I'm not a big fan of that one. But I'm I'm not the most patient person in the world. There are things all the time in my life that I'm I'm praying about, and it's like I want answers now. Sometimes God's like, no, just wait. You'll get your answer. Just be patient. And that you have to yield, yield to His will. And then finally, make sure you praise Him for whatever He does. Whatever He does, praise Him. Notice at the end of that prayer, He says, "Lead us not into temptation." But deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. It's good to go ahead and just kind of kind of end that prayer with a praise to God. Just once again, it starts with God. In the beginning, it's about God. In the end, it's about God. Prayer is all about us talking. It's all about us talking to God. And Jesus, He's given us an example in this prayer. Many people call it the Lord's Prayer. I think it would be better to call it the Christian's Prayer or the Disciple's Prayer. He said, after this manner, we don't necessarily quote it all the time, but what we ought to do is follow that example that's in there. Praise Him. Repent of your sins. Ask. Ask for whatever it is. Ask whatever you want. But then yield. Be willing to accept His will for your life. So let's all stand together with our heads bowed and eyes closed.